You are listening to the Gable Media Continuing Education Podcast Feed, the most entertaining and convenient way for AEC professionals to get continuing education credits, including AIA-approved courses. As a Gable member, just listen and follow the link in the show notes to take a brief quiz and obtain your credit today. Enjoy. Have you ever thought about how much emotion is wrapped up in the idea of value? It doesn't make sense, does it? Value seems like it should come out of some sort of calculation. And it does. It's just not a numbers-only calculation. How does a customer decide how they value an airline? Better yet, how does one of your clients decide how they value your services? When Southwest Airlines says, we exist to connect people to what's important in their lives, they're driving right at the heart of value. We had to go to the airport for my husband to be deployed for six months to Kuwait. So when we got to the airport, we were sure we weren't going to be able to go past security with him. We would have to say goodbye. So I saw him walk up in uniform and I just, I saw a whole bunch of family members standing nearby. So I asked him if he was being deployed and he said yes. And I asked him if they all wanted to go to the gate with him. And he said, yeah, that'd be great. So we were very happy because that bought us about 30 more minutes for us to spend time together. But once it was time for him to go on the plane, we had our moment, we hugged and said goodbye. Um, the kids did really great. I was holding it together, but we wanted to stay and watch his plane take off. One of the Southwest employees came over, taps us on the shoulder again and said, can I please do something for you? Thoughts in the back of my head were, what can you possibly do to make this any better at this point? I realized we had about three to four extra minutes before the scheduled departure time. He stepped away for a moment, made a quick phone call, and came back and asked if the kids and I would mind coming back on the plane. So we were very excited. The kids ran down the tunnel. When we got to the end of the tunnel, they called out on the intercom and we saw my husband's hand go up in the air and the kids were able to run to him and give him one last hug. And the amazing part was the whole plane cheered and everybody was real excited for us. So we got one last moment with him before they closed the doors and the plane took off. When I talked to him when he had landed in Kuwait, he said that that whole moment, that experience, made him realize that people were gonna be watching out for us, watching out for him and just taking care of us overall. I'm Jeff Eccles, and you're listening to Episode 8 of the Build Your Brand Podcast. If you missed any of the earlier episodes, you can go back and listen to all the episodes in order. Build Your Brand is the podcast miniseries where I explore how the best brands in the world think differently and act differently on their way to becoming the best and what you can learn from them, because no matter the size, the journey is the same. I used to spend a lot of time looking at baseball cards with my son. He'd get a kick out of how much a card was supposedly worth. I did too when I was his age. He'd find a card, look it up in the Beckett book, and be amazed at the idea that a Mickey Mantle rookie card was worth more than $1 million. He wanted one of those cards. Truthfully, so did I. But then we had to have the conversation that a baseball card was only worth what it said in the book if you found someone that was willing to give you that much for the card. 
Sure, there's a scarcity model in play. Supply and demand drives much of the discussion, but there's something else in that calculation too. For baseball cards, nostalgia can become a major component in the calculation. Once again, a standing ovation for Henry Aaron. So the confrontation for the second time. Aaron walked in the second inning. He means the tying run at the plate now. So we'll I was in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium that night when Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's home run record. Aaron waiting, the outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. And I watched as Hank rounded the bases with those two guys who jumped out of the stands running alongside. He became an instant hero to me. Because of that, a Hank Aaron card might carry a higher value for me than for someone else that wasn't there that night. Hank Aaron has more relevance to me than he might to you. In business, we're selling a product or a service, but the way a customer or client values our offering carries an emotional component with it. All the way back in episode three, I told you that if you look the same, sound the same, and act the same as everyone else, then you're a commodity. All things being equal, price is most often the final decision-making factor. I guess my question to you is, do you want to be the low-cost provider? Hold up, hold up. Before you run away, I know that your answer to that question was a resounding no. If I'm wrong, if you said, yes, I want to be the low-cost provider, that's fine. It's just a different business model. The problem is almost no one knows how to compete with that sort of business model. It takes a pipeline and a scale and a level of efficiency that most architecture firms can't even comprehend. And it's important to note that the only winner in the competition to be the low-cost provider is the firm with the lowest price every time. Now, back to reality. Even though Southwest Airlines is considered by themselves and others to be a low-cost carrier, it's interesting to note that they don't actually compete on lowest cost. In fact, Southwest Airlines fares are rarely the lowest in the industry. Why is that? Well, first of all, they realize that trying to compete as the lowest cost provider is the literal race to the bottom. Anytime you discount your fees just to win a project, you're taking a step in that direction. But from the very beginning, Southwest Airlines has focused on value versus price. There's an important distinction there, so let me bring in our correspondent, Dawn Porta, to help explain. Hi, Don. Hi, Jeff. I think there's an important distinction between price and value that has guided and shaped the way Southwest Airlines has evolved over the years. I'd agree. Can you help me trace that timeline? Sure. From the very beginning of the Southwest story, that night that Herb Kelleher and Rollin King drew the triangle on the cocktail napkin in the bar in the St. Anthony Hotel in San Antonio, it's been about cost versus value. That night, they were talking about making it easier and quicker for people to travel around the state of Texas. Basically, the value of their time. 
And they knew that price-wise, they'd have to compete with the cost of ground transportation. That's a good starting point. As the airline matured and more low-cost carriers entered the fray, Southwest continued to look at what their customers valued versus strictly the cost of the flight. That's wrapped up in the idea of giving people the freedom to fly. Right. As other airlines, like Braniff, which eventually went bankrupt and shut down, and American, who filed for bankruptcy protection and merged with U.S. Air, as they launched Fair Wars with Southwest and tried to win on the price of the ticket, Southwest had to make some tough business decisions. It's interesting that you bring that up. I knew that the airline industry was a low-margin industry, but I learned that after President Carter signed the Airline Deregulation Act into law in 1978, lots of airlines went out of business. Over 120. That's a lot. And if we fast forward about 10 years, between 1989 and 1993, all the airlines combined lost more money than they had made as an industry since the Wright brothers' first flight at Kitty Hawk. That's amazing, isn't it? It sure is, especially since we know that Southwest Airlines has been profitable every year for over 45 years. So fare wars raged on, and many airlines lost, but Southwest somehow figured out how to win. Yes. How'd they do it? Well, sometimes they cut their prices, but like you said, Earlier in the episode, Southwest Airlines rarely has the lowest fare. What they have done is, like we've talked about before, they've looked at the pains associated with air travel and figured out how those relate to what the customers value. While other airlines may lower their fares, Southwest doesn't charge baggage fees. That's a big value to their customers, while other airlines operate a hub and a spoke system. What does that mean? Well. It means that if you're flying out of a smaller airport, an airline may fly you to one of their big hubs so they can fill up more planes before they take you to your final destination. From the passenger's point of view, it takes longer, it's less convenient, and it doesn't cost you any less. And if something goes wrong, like you miss your flight or they change their schedule and it doesn't work out for you anymore, they charge very high change fees. For instance, American Airlines charges as much as $200 to make changes. How does Southwest counter this? Well, to start with, they don't charge change fees, but they also operate a point-to-point system, moving passengers from airport to airport without having to travel to a hub just to be rerouted. That doesn't mean that you won't have to make connections. No, of course not. But it does mean that they have more frequent flights and because of that, flexibility. And there's less disruption to schedules because they don't rely predominantly on flying in and out of a few busy hubs. Okay, so let me see if I understand how all this fits together. Southwest Airlines has designed their business model and obviously continues to evolve their business model to try and deliver the highest value to their customers based on what's important to them not just having the cheapest flights. That's a good way to put it. They've looked at low fares, fees, flexibility, on-time arrivals and departures. All these things and figured out how to combine them into value as their customers judge it through their eyes. They've also made fundamental decisions about how they operate. Everything from in the early days only serving peanuts on flights to their legendary turnaround times to only flying one type of airplane. 
all these decisions were made so they could deliver that value and be profitable. That's a really great lesson. Thanks, Dawn. You're welcome, Jeff. That's correspondent Dawn Porta, who you'll hear from from time to time on the Build Your Brand podcast. In episode three, Dawn told us about the Behind Every Seat is a Story campaign. You can go back to that episode if you need to review, but in short, it's an advertising campaign where Southwest Airlines highlighted the stories of 175 passengers on their airline. I don't think there's a better illustration of a company developing the empathy to understand what's important to their customers. What's more important than that, though, is the fact that they listened and they acted. Southwest Airlines learned from those stories and others what their customers valued most, and how they valued it. And they've continued to evolve their business model to match. On an episode of the Solving for B podcast, Bo Bodhi talks about Southwest's interesting transition out of commoditization. Mm -hmm. I I think one of the things we've talked about here before um, is the insurance companies. It will be a great podcast of how they've they just have completely commoditized themselves with, you know, price comparison tools and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they they have devalued what they did. I always thought insurance was really valuable. I mean, when I was younger, you know, and I had my house, and if it burnt down, that would be it. You know, I put value on it, and then all of a sudden they're selling, well, you get insurance anywhere, just get the lowest price. And like, wow. And now you see this change with Allstate and some of these, you know, We've been there and done this before. You know, experience matters. You see the advertising changing. And it's the same thing that I think Southwest did was they watched. They went in as the commodity player. But then as they built their brand, everybody else started to commoditize and they pulled up out of it, which is, I think, an expression, you know, by not seeing them on their site. So it's an interesting, it'd be an interesting, it's an interesting study. I've talked quite a bit through the first eight episodes of the Build Your Brand podcast about commodity and relevance because I think Southwest Airlines provides plenty of illustrations for how in a highly commoditized industry, they break the mold. They continue to focus on how to remain relevant to their ideal customer and how to deliver value to their ideal customer so that they aren't just a commodity to their ideal customer. The question for you is, do you know, and I mean really know, what your clients value, it is not enough to provide collaboration and innovation. Those are empty words. It's not enough to be full service and professional. That's expected. It's not enough to be excellent, even expert, award-winning, and nationally recognized. Everybody says that, and it's all about you. Your clients are looking for value. And remember, the emotional component to the value calculation. When Southwest Airlines wonders how they can provide value to their ideal customers, they look directly at the pain of travel, not just air travel, and how they can eliminate that pain. What pains do your ideal clients experience? And how can you eliminate those pains? That's where you'll find the value they're looking for. Before I wrap up this episode, I have to say thank you to our sponsors. Without their support, the Build Your Brand podcast wouldn't be possible. 
Join me in episode nine of the Build Your Brand podcast as I continue to look at the business decisions Southwest Airlines has made as they've evolved and how their passion-driven purpose has led the way and built the brand that we now know. And I'll ask the question, does purpose matter to an architecture firm?